Here we go. All right. Um, episode 37, I want to start off by apologizing if this is the worst audio that we have ever made. Uh, the war with the neighbors continues. These are the worst goddamn people I have ever met in my life. I'm really not sure what to do. Uh, very sorry there. Very sorry for yet another late episode. Who gives a shit at this point, dude? Uh, they come out when they come out at this fucking point. When I left, when I left Pennsylvania, I thought I was going to be doing two a week, and uh, it's just, it's just a lot, man. You got, you got to hustle when you're out in Phoenix, okay? Um, like I tried to do this weekend, it was what I will call the detox weekend. In other words, you know, one of the worst experiences I've had in a while. I'm not saying that it's not a problem, but the last time I had actually gone 48 hours without smoking pot, I was 18 years old. Like, I, it's, it was fucking awful. And the reason I did it was to try and get a better job. That's just that's what the goal is pretty much all the time. You know, uh, somebody a long time ago told me, you know what, whatever your job is, fuck it. If you can get a better situation, you have to go for it. And I like my job at, um, what were we calling it? The streaming service. And I, again, I didn't say the name. You can't legally hold me to that. Were we calling it Boonoo or something? I like it there. It's, it's fun. You know, it's, uh, I haven't had to do anything. They just finally caught on this week that I, that I didn't have a computer, which is pretty incredible. You know, um, you know that you got to give me that. I, it's a good skill. I can bullshit pretty well. I made it nine shifts, nine free shifts of doing nothing. Now, is that going to come back to bite me in the ass? Probably. We went over some stuff today. Apparently, there's going to be a final. I don't know what any of these acronyms that uh, this fun little company has come up with. Um, so that should be fun. I got a couple of job interviews this week. But the reason that I did, decided to detox for the whole week, and I told a lot of people about it, I put a, a Snapchat story up, was I was trying to get a job as a car dealer, at a car dealership, um, just like as a car salesman. Now, I bit pretty hard on the bait, which was probably total bullshit. This woman came in on the last day of my job as a concierge um, in Phoenix, and she came up to the desk. She was a person that lived at the apartment complex and said, Hey, you know, you should come work for me. You're going to be making double what you would be making at Bunu. And, um, you know, you, you, you might actually like the job better. She goes, you're not going to have a crazy schedule like you're going to have now. I get into the interview. She's, she won't stop talking about this one guy that she knew that sold one of the dealerships she works for to, to like Warren Buffett or something. Let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you one thing. I, you know, there's probably not a lot of people that hire people that listen to this podcast. You know, there's probably not a ton of managers or supervisors. Like if I'm showing up for the interview, I want the job. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're offering me more money than I'm making now, you don't have to spend an hour talking about some dude that I just don't care about. And it seems like at every job interview, they oversell it. I don't give a fuck about the company. Are you giving me not enough to live. I don't care. You know, that's what her whole thing was, though, is, is was like, uh, we will give you enough to live, which um, she told me at one point that I would make $70,000 the first year. That's That's got to be horseshit, right? But I believed it. I bid on it hard. And, um, you know, I'm sitting in the interview. She goes, another great thing is we could, you know, we could get you a car. We know you don't have a car right now. Um, 
you know, because this lady knew me from the apartment complex. And I'm going, yeah, that's great. That that would be awesome. I mean, you, I'm totally sold. I'm totally sold on this. She goes, all right, that's great. Um, you know, the last thing is the background and drug test. Normally, I would have been like, fuck. But I've had quite a few jobs in this past year, past couple of years. Every single background check I've, I've had come back. Like, you know, the thing that happened in South Dakota, that's not on there. That's a whole other episode. I don't even think I've talked about that one yet. Um, so I wasn't worried about that. And she said, you can pass a drug test, right? And I said, of course. Uh, and she goes, even for marijuana? And I was like, <laughs> ma'am, I don't know if you know, but we are out in the Wild West. In this jurisdiction, marijuana is legal. Like, I said it like that. Like, I said it like the guy from Justified, and I went to grab the gun. Um, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did not have a weapon. I feel like reporting uh, about being angry about somebody and then and then seriously saying, hey, I, I went to go grab my gun. Probably not a great look for when I end up in court for something related to that 15 years from now. Um, but, you know, she goes, can you pass a drug test? Of course even for marijuana? And I was like, well, I mean, is that going to be on there? And she goes, yeah. Uh, do you have a medical card? And I said, I'm working on it right now. And she goes, okay, uh, just go to the dealership across the street on whenever the fuck, I think it was Friday. I'll meet you there. We'll give you the drug test. Uh, we can do everything there. I show up. This lady is not there. I uh, show up at the, you know, 15 minutes early, wait another 15 minutes early. Mind you, I'm at work. Like I'm on the Zoom call, literally, you know, not supposed to do that at all, going to another job interview. I get there, she doesn't show up. They tell me, come back at three o'clock, she'll be here. I get back at three o'clock, nobody fucking there still. So I have to talk to Frank. Anytime you got to talk to a guy named Frank instead of the person you were supposed to be meeting, it's a little bit, it feels a little bit disrespectful. I know you don't give a fuck about me. I'm just some dude doesn't need that ride road here on a skateboard. But come on, dude, you're going to diss me twice like that. Wait till I tell you she did it a fucking third time. Oh, my goodness. I talked to Frank. Frank tells me, hey, look, uh, I think she might have given you the wrong information. You could work here, but... You can work here and have a weed card, but you have to pass the test and show that it wasn't in your system at the time of the test. I was like, that's pretty, what you said is dumb. Uh, what you said is dumb. I just spent $99 on this card, so I guess that's just kind of down the drain. Not too pissed about it because you get discounted weed prices out here, and you don't have to wait in line. That's not, that's not terrible, right? He goes, look, it's not a urine, it's not a urinalysis, which I've taken a hundred of. Uh, you have to, you need pretty much about two weeks on one of those. This one was a cotton swab test. He goes, you know, 72 hours. If you, if you drink a lot of water, we, we don't care that you smoke weed. We know it's legal here. We just need you to pass the test. I'm like, that's, you know what? I'll try it. I'll fucking try it. So I, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. I call my mom and dad up and I'm like, look, I need to stay the weekend at your place. They're like, what's going on? You know, they think that I, I, I have just killed somebody. They think I was involved in, in that woman's disappearance in the national forest or whatever the fuck it was. Um, and I'm just like, I can't be here this weekend. I have to be in the middle of the suburbs where I can't get anywhere uh, so I can try and get this weed out of my system for this job. And my mom is just like, oh, 
Oh my God, come on, man. What, what are you even saying right now? What do you mean? Just throw the shit away. And of course, my response was, I, no. No. Show no. And she's, I, I, fine, fine. You know, I'm not going to have to babysit you or anything, am I? And I was like, no, of course not. Obviously, had, had to keep her eye on me the entire time. Not because of the weed thing, because eventually I just sort of started to lose it. <laughs> like I said, I haven't gone 48 hours. I went, I went about 36 hours when I came back from Arizona on Thanksgiving break last, like, uh, you know, a year ago. I was so high when I got back and so sleep deprived that I convinced myself that there was another person in my house. I don't even know what caused that. I think that movie, The, ba the Babadook, it just fucked me up, man. I just constantly think that little fucker is running around. You know what I mean? Um, so I get to my parents' house. You know, I got high as fuck before I left because I'm a degenerate. Show up with a laundry bag, uh, you know, a garbage bag full of dirty laundry and a case of Miller Lite. And the laundry bag had the podcast mic sticking out of it. I planned on, on doing an episode on time, but then, you know, I, I went, uh, I think I went 36 hours without sleeping and it really fucked me up. Um, just couldn't do it. I was, I was in the backyard the next day in the pool, in their pool, screaming at the Vikings game. We'll get into that on acid. These are just the things that happen when I try to detox. I mean, it was absolutely agony. It's fucking stupid, dude. Anybody could sell a car high. I could do it. And then, of course, the entire weekend I had to deal with, like, all of my friends and every family member going, well, you know, it shouldn't be this much of an issue. Of course it shouldn't be this much of an issue, Linda. Leave it alone. <laughs> like, I'm trying, dude. I could have just stood up in the meeting and gone, and good day, ma'am, and walked out with a joint in my mouth. But I gave it a fucking try, right? Can we give me credit for that? Not a single fucking person. And, you know, people were like, yeah, that's true when I reminded them of it. But every single person was like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't try to, you should try not to be such a goddamn disgusting junkie. And I'm like, I know that, guys. You're not helping at all right now. Um, you know, I got through the first 12 hours pretty much fine. Popped a tab of acid stared at the moon and smoked cigarettes the whole night. You know, that's only fun for a certain amount of time. There's that That's so shitty when you get to the end of an acid trip and you can't smoke weed. I've never had that happen in my life. We used to have a, a program back in the day, back in high school, for whenever we would do acid. Whenever it was a certain, like, five dudes. And, you know, this was all, we were all on, on off selling weed, you know, throughout the entirety of high school. And we all loved acid. And we would call this program Rise and Shine, I Need a Dime, where no matter what, if you were coming down off of some goddamn psychedelics, somebody had to get to your house at the earliest hour possible to give you some weed. That way, you know, it rotates the next time, you know, the next time Jimmy, he, he's, uh, he's coming down off some shrooms and I, I run a dime over there at six in the morning and I'm annoyed, you know, I'm getting a Dunkin' Donuts on the way, but I'm going, hey, next time. I'm going to have an excuse to be mad at Jimmy if he doesn't bring my shit early in the morning. I don't even think, I don't even think we had a friend named Jimmy. I'm not referring to James Towsley. He was not in the program. Motherfucker always had an ounce at a time. He, he was not, 
didn't qualify. You basically, to be in any of these programs, we also had one called, oh, it was called Nugs for Nugs, where if, if one person had weed and the other person uh, had enough, just enough money to get some chicken nuggets, some McNuggets from McDonald's, you would sort of do a small exchange. Like maybe I get three oneies, you give me five nuggets. I give you five nuggets. You get the point. You, you get the point. Uh, the, my point is it was, it was just fucking awful, man. And, um, you know, I went back to the, to the things I had to do the first time I had to get sober when I was like 16 years old. I think I was actually 15. Uh, I got caught selling drugs at school, had to fucking go to treatment for that. It was outpatient, which was arguably worse, dude. People were selling Xanax in the fucking lobby. Um, that was the first time I ever saw DMT was at, was at a treatment facility. That's so funny, dude. You're not going to check any of these people's pockets or and you're going to give them a random drug test once a week. What do you what, we understand we spend our time, you know, an addict will spend their time once they go to outpatient treatment researching, hey, how long will this drug take to get out of my system? How long will this one get out take the guy out of my system? And the most fucked up thing about it is weed takes the longest by far. Fucking coke or meth takes three days tops if you have if you don't do it a lot and you have a, a you know good generally good metabolism. Like if you don't have a thyroid issue, that shit's gonna be out the next day. Same, same with alcohol, all the bad shit, except for weed, you know. Which I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like it's going away, but for God's sakes, man, if anybody's listening to this and your kid has a drug problem someday, the worst possible thing you could do would be to send them to outpatient treatment. If you're good, if you feel that it's bad enough to send them to treatment, send them to fucking inpatient where they can't sneak out and, and bring a a Sprite with Xanax in there. There was this guy, Ben. He fucking loved that shit, man. Could you imagine liking the taste of Xanax in Sprite? It's a mediocre soda that I only like because my mom wouldn't let me drink caffeine as a child, mixed with what tastes like soap and AIDS mixed together in a, in a chemical-filled beaker. And th these guys were so into it that they thought, you know, that they would just drink Xanax. And all of our parents, all their parents and all the, you know, probation officers and different systems that would send them there were like, yeah, this will fucking keep them off pot. What are you talking about, man? Who gives a shit about the pot? Keep them off of the goddamn fentanyl laced Xanax for fuck's sake. I don't know, man. I've, I've always, always had such a huge problem and always thought that shit was such a fucking scam, man. Um... You know, and the whole, the whole, the whole fucking thing is a scam. It's all a bunch of shit. Like weed, you know, having to pass a test for, for weed for insurance purposes, and then, and then your employer acknowledging, hey, you could just smoke it afterwards. Like, I mean, that's a total insurance scam, right? It's a total drug test insurance scam. I, you know, sounds like something they'd come up with in Always Sunny. By the way, man, that is the only thing I was going to say. Uh, I reverted back to some of the things that helped me get sober the first time. And if there is anybody that's, you know, legitimately not being forced by some dumb cuck-ass Toyota rule uh, policy to, to stop smoking weed, you know, there are people that, you know, I'm probably one of them that needs to smoke less. I just feel fucking awful when I don't smoke at all. Need to find a happy medium there. Need discipline. Um... You know, if you are somebody that 
needs to needs to cut down or whatever you know get sober even um i would recommend finding an amazing tv show and binging it that seemed to be the only thing that happened this weekend that was good for me it was it was five o'clock in the morning my brain is pounding because i haven't slept yet i'm withdrawing from weed and i'm coming down off of a tab of acid and i'm hungover as shit i drank the whole case of beer that day dude it was only a six, like one of, what is it, 18 or 16? Either one. Uh, killed like two the night before the rest that, like that day. I was not enjoying it. And so, I, you know, it's five in the morning. I'm sick. I have a headache. I feel awful. And I'm watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And it's the episode where it's Thanksgiving and they try to have, you know, everybody come over that they've had problems with and squash all the beefs the episode's called the gang squashes their beefs it's really fucking a funny ass show if you've never seen always sunny and there's this scene where <laughs> this fucking character liam mcfoyle they're trying to make up with him they're trying to make things right somebody somebody took his eye out of his head at a wedding that they showed up to and crashed. And so they blamed, you know, the Always Sunny gang for it. And I'm sitting there just literally nearly in like a sit-up fetal position. My dog is whimpering because he thinks I'm dying. He thinks I'm passing away in front of him. And all of a sudden, Liam McCoy's like, I demand an eye! Get my brother an eye! And Dennis goes, where the Christ would I get an eye? And just hearing where the Christ would I get an eye I mean, it, it, it like cured me for, for one and a half minutes because I just kept hitting the 15 second rewind button over and over again and just going, my fucking God, you know, it's like when something is that brilliantly hilarious and simple, it, it really, it really doesn't, doesn't matter uh, if you're high or drunk or not, you can, you can enjoy it. Problem is there's so few moments like that <laughs> in life that legitimately make you joyous uh, to, to that point where you could be having the worst night ever. Not the worst night ever, just a shitty time. And, um, and you know, you just get brought back to life. <sighs> Nothing better than when somebody drinks or chews on a podcast and then laughs about it. Oh, God, that's like my pet peeve. I don't know if anybody could hear it. I just drank straight into the microphone. But, oh man, my mouth is dry as fuck. The Adderall, I get all the side effects from it, and it seems to give me none of the benefits anymore. I, I don't see the point in taking this anymore. Um, it sort of just makes me paranoid. Every, t every time I hear a bump, I'm like, these, these guys are, are coming to kill me. There's a couple above me. And, you know, you know my feelings on Loud Neighbors in general, but the ones that play their music loud enough to hear from outside at 11 o'clock at night, I can't fucking deal with it, man. I can't deal with it because, you know, because of the music, I'm sure if I got high enough and I was tired enough, I could fall asleep. But it's just so fucking disrespectful. Who, who the fuck do you think you are, man? When I walk around, I walk around with Marshmallow Feet. Remember Marshmallow Feet? You remember Marshmallow Feet? Do you remember why we fucking did it? It's because you're not even, when you're, when you were a kid and you were, and your teacher told you to do Marshmallow Feet, it was because you didn't want to disturb the people below you or around you. Because you're, you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be walking across right over them. 
So you take, you take light steps. You take light steps. There's somebody that lives under me. It's a nice old man. He's never made a noise once. I respect him. I'm using marshmallow steps for this guy. Because I'm not a piece of shit. I go up there and knock on it. This guy's pillhead girlfriend opens the door. She's listening to some, it sounds like Marilyn Manson uh, doing a stand-up routine. Like, all I can hear from the TV is, this chick can't even fucking open her fentanyl-pressed eyes. And I'm going, hey, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick because I've already gotten into, this isn't even the people with kids, all right? I don't give a fuck if this whole neighborhood hates me. I don't give a shit, all right? I don't need these degenerates to like me. And I'm not saying I'm not a degenerate. I'm a degenerate, you know, not a great dude, but at least I have respect for people. Um, I go up there. She's like, yeah, you know, turn it down. Uh, turns it down two notches. I go back, just try to watch my movie. I'm like, dude, you know, don't try and go back up there. You, you don't know. You don't know. These people are fucking weird. You don't know if they're going to point a gun at you or some shit. I refuse to bring my gun to any confrontation that's about noise or something because, because the second somebody, you know, does some crazy shit, I don't, I just don't want the whole fucking thing. You know, I don't, I don't bring my shit with me on that type of stuff. So I just have to go up there and, and try and be nice, which we all know not great at. Um, I go up there, you know, tell ask them, they fucking turn it down two notches. I wait another 45 minutes. I'm like, fuck this dude. I go up there and I just start knocking on the door and they're not answering. I knock again. I knock again. They're not answering. So I just start doing one of these. I just start doing. And I just hear the dude go, fuck off, man. And I lost my cool, man. I started banging on their window like an ape. And I just, Coo -coo, Coo -coo, Coo -coo. I shouldn't have, Rrr. I shouldn't have to you guys every night. Coo -coo 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 -coo. Like, I was just infuriated, dude, that this guy doesn't give a fuck and that he would yell that. Oh, my God. You know? This this is just, I mean, it's just, I know people are, here, are sick of hearing it at this point. We can, be, we can be done with the Joey Neighbor talk. I'm trying to move apartments. Somehow they fucking get away with being able to uh, upcharge me an extra $100 when they're the ones that have a bunch of fucking asshole crackheads living here. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I'm trying to get it figured out. I'm trying to get it figured out. Oh, dude, and as I was walking away from that, the lady with the kids is smoking a Newport right with her daughter in her arms. Like, you know, you know, like a piece of shit. And she goes, when are you moving apartments? And I swear to God, if that child wasn't there, I would have screamed the word cunt at her. I would have just started screaming the word cunt at her. Not even, I wouldn't even be like, you know what? You're a f I would just start going, cunt, cunt, cunt. Like I was in Game of Thrones doing the shame thing or something. Oh my God, what a twat. Fuck those three people, man. I don't, again, it's nothing about those kids. You know, whatever. You're a kid, you don't know better. Growing up in a, in a, and you know, this is like this is like a like a crack house if it was all storage units. That's what this reminds me of, like just that shitty stucco all over the place. You know what? I won't even I won't even hate on the actual like I like my studio. This you know I had the air conditioner break once. They got down here. They fixed it just fine. 
you know, nothing else is really broken at all. Uh, I don't mind my apartment. I don't mind the other people that I've seen here. It's just I had to, of course, get stuck underneath these people. I think we're all in different variations of hell. You know, like, and I don't know. I don't know. Because there's people that are just like, you know, it's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel right to say that that karma comes back on the people that can't even fucking, like, you know, the people in Africa, like little children that can't eat or something like that. Said the word like 97 times. I wonder how many times I've said it on this podcast. I'm talking about like, you know, subjectively, there's people in this world that have yachts and fucking, uh, you know, mansions. And a lot of them are still miserable. And then there's there's people that, there's people like me that just somehow get stuck next to the worst neighbors possible. Always. And it's like, did we do shitty things in a past life so we went to hell, but they were differently shitty? Like, you know, maybe you were you were a bad father and I shot a 16-year-old in the head. You know, and so now I have to live under crackheads for the rest of my life working for as a telemarketer and and you just sort of get to enjoy the afterlife but you're not happy i think that's what it is but then you know you you put in you factor in like starving starving children and you're like ah oh, fuck i don't think that i don't think that theory works some somebody told me my <laughs> fucking weed dealer told me we were in hell one time while we were tripping extremely hard on acid and I'm I'm fairly certain um, that that had a psychological, you know, effect on my in like the back of my brain or something. I don't know what I'm talking about. Lost my mind at my mother's house this weekend. Um, the Vikings did not help. I was completely sleep deprived watching that game, just yelling in the backyard. Uh, if they would have, you know, not fucked it up. The worst way possible, I would have jumped. I I was sleep deprived enough and drunk enough and angry enough to have propped myself over the fence at the guy next door and yelled, "You like that? You like that?" Um, just because we got one win after beating the Bengals, after losing to the Bengals the previous week. I was out there. My mom was texting me. I was drunkenly, uh, you know, still coming down, still, still on acid, uh, just yelling into the into the uh, phone, you know, Snapchat story, screaming. And my poor mother was like, these neighbors think that, you know, they just think my drunk son is back here, which I was, getting sunburned and screaming. And so she kept texting me to come inside. I just was ignoring it, yelling. Um, really, really unenjoyable how they just, you know, continue to fuck you over time after time after time again. Uh, stuff, stuff. Got to win these next two. They played really well. You know, you, you, you could pull it off. They could pull it off the next two. How about this story... Let's see here. I should have looked it up before I started. I always fucking do this. I think of something, and then I forget to look it up. So a missing girl. National 
forest. Was it a national park or a national forest? Body was found in Wyoming. They believe it to be the missing woman. Her name was Gabby Petito. Um, the boyfriend the boyfriend came back. Let's just let's just try and read from this and see if I can just get it good for us here. This is from Arkansas Online, uh, an article from the Associated Press. Authorities said a body found Sunday in Wyoming is believed to be that of a woman who disappeared while on a cross-country trek with her boyfriend who has been identified by authorities as a person of interest and is now being sought with a Florida and is now being sought within a Florida national preserve. What the fuck does that mean? What is a Florida nature preserve? The FBI said the body was found by law enforcement agents who had spent the spent the past two days searching campgrounds for Gabrielle Gabby Petito. The cause of death has not yet been determined by the FBI, says Special Agent Charles Jones. Full forensic identification has not been completed to confirm 100% that we have found Gabby, but her family has been notified. Um, so from what, from what I understand, I'll just kind of try and keep eyeing it as I talk here. Uh, the boyfriend came back and he said that he didn't, he didn't want to talk about it. They had no evidence to hold him at first. Uh, Brian Laundry. He's now a person of interest in the disappearance of his girlfriend. Um, he came back and they couldn't arrest him. There was not enough proof. Why did I hear that he went to Disneyland? I should have just read the fucking thing first. Okay, I really should have. Oh, man, that girl was hot. That's why everybody cares, dude. That's why everybody cares. I get it now. I was like, doesn't this sort of thing happen? Like, didn't we... Didn't we, like, beat uh, a record for most missing people a couple years ago? Why is everybody, oh, yeah, she's really hot and she has a TikTok. Um, not saying not saying that it's not ridiculously, it's horrible. It's fucking terrible, man. Um, boyfriend came back and he didn't want, he didn't talk to anybody, didn't talk to the press or anything. Here's what I'll say about this story, okay? I don't know, I don't fucking... I don't know what happened here. I can't even speculate. I anytime I try to, I get it wildly wildly wrong. I'm just going to tell you right now, there's no fucking point in going to the woods. There's no point in exploring anything. If at any point you are more than I don't know, 10 miles from a gas station, you should consider yourself in danger. What do you need to do out there? What do, what do you need to do? You're going to go exploring. You're going to go camping. Dude, it's awesome. Nobody's not going to, nobody's going to deny that it's awesome. I'm saying, is that worth it to you? Is that worth it to you? Are you going to go with a, with a team of Navy SEALs? Are you going to, are you go, I'm sorry. Are you going out with the Rangers? Because who the fuck is protecting you if you accidentally walk into a, a cult, a, a Satan worshiping some shit? There's just, and you know what? Fuck you if you're not if you're saying that that's not happening. There are almost eight billion people in this world. I don't think I don't even think it's almost eight billion. It's like seven point six something ridiculous like that. But there's so many people and so much area out there that nobody can. We don't have enough forest rangers or whatever you know uh, trail cameras or whatever to get 
all of this. We just don't. What? Who are you to say that you go out there and you don't walk into some weird shit? I get it. Dude, the woods, nature itself, is ama it's amazing. It's beautiful. You guys know how much I, I the word beautiful. I don't like it. I think it's the, so stupid. It's cheesy. People overuse it. You know, the woods out there, be, being by yourself out there, it, it's beautiful. It really is. But it's extremely dangerous. I mean, nobody's going to hear nobody's going to hear you. Nobody's going to see you. I remember the moment, dude, the moment I I I just sort of my blood went cold. This was about this was about 11 months ago, a little less than a year, something like that. Around Halloween time. Ooh, spooky. I was getting really depressed. I had been unemployed for a while. My unemployment, you know, it got fucked up. We all know that story didn't come for a year. I was just, you know, trying to get by on dubs every day, smoking a little bit of weed, have no money for food or anything, can barely afford my rent at all, just with my leftover money. And I got really depressed. And somebody suggested to me, you know, you should try and go on a hike or just try and go walk, just try and do something like that. And so I decided, hey, a hike, that might be pretty cool. I haven't done that in a long time. There are these gigantic woods that go back for miles behind my house. That's a lot of Pennsylvania. A lot of it is huge wooded area um, that just looks creepy, you know? I started going back there and these other these other parts of the uh, of the city where there would be just trails for miles, you know, they would go, they would go on and on and sort of loop back around. Um, or they had a direct shot getting back to where you came from. You could just walk directly back down. And I remember I got about two miles into the woods. This was maybe the third time I'd gone since I, you know, started trying to do this. And it was making me feel really good. I remember I felt this feeling of total euphoria, just looking up, smelling the fresh air, looking all around, just enjoying myself, smoking, smoking a little bit of pot, bring some other lights with you. That is really awesome. It's so much fun. And I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. Two miles in, I find a little girl's shoe. Little girl's shoe. Two miles into the woods. This is ducking under thorny branches. Going, going up giant hills, uh, trekking through the mud, all this different shit. And there's just a little girl's shoe there. Now, I, I don't know. You know, there's probably, probably nothing, nothing happened with that. But my body sort of just went cold when I realized, wow, nobody knows. Just the shoe made me think of this. Like, you know, it just immediately I was like, that's a weird fucking spot for a little girl's shoe to be. I walk over and I, I tip the shoe over. I'm like, please, please don't. Dear God, don't let there be a foot in here. I tip it over. No foot. Thank God. Um, hopefully not something worse happened. But I just noticed in that moment, I was like, wow, nobody knows that I'm out here. I don't have a weapon. I don't even have a knife. I'm not even holding like a big stick or anything. Anybody 
any, I could come across anybody or anything out here. And then I started thinking about that movie Wrong Turn 2, where they eat, I couldn't eat for two days after this, because they just, they, the whole movie is cannibalism. And they just, you know, they're chopping people's fingers off. They force feed people, blended up people. It's terrible, dude, it's, it's horrifying. And all of these thoughts came back to me, all of these thoughts of the woods, Bridge to Terabithia, bro. I do fucking remember that movie. Why was that so scary? I Wasn't it just sad or something? What Was there some crazy shit that happened? What was it? Wasn't it? Was there some smoke monster that was following them, but it wasn't, it wasn't as cheesy as the one in Lost or something like that? I don't know what it was. That movie scared the piss out of me. And I remembered, I was like, oh, I don't even like the woods, dude. I don't even want to be here. I don't want to be back here at all right now. And I just sort of, just like, I I remember it was this feeling in my neck and my back uh, of, it felt like primal. Like I felt like I was being hunted in the woods or something. And I basically just, Jesus, man, there's a screaming child outside. Not a great time. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that made me jump a little bit. Uh, I started, I started uh, just, you know, really started like, it started off as a slow, slow jog. And then, and then I thought of that scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail when they're, when they're running around uh, through the woods and they find the knights that say neat. And they sort of, at first you're like, it's really terrifying because you just see these things with horns popping out from the bushes and I started picturing that and I started like, you know, I was pretty high, started seeing stuff out of the corner of my, my eye because your brain does that to like make you more scared, have more adrenaline or some shit, get you out of there. It's like we might, that your brain's thinking we might as well assume that there's somebody trying to chop us up with an axe and sacrifice our genitals to Satan right now. So I, I start, I start picking up running a little bit and I start jogging, start jogging. And <laughs> I remember I got back to, I came up past a water tower. That was the entrance to where the woods started to get far away from shit. Headless dog statue. Headless dog statue, just straight chilling there. I don't know if maybe I didn't notice it before. I'm sure that I didn't, I just didn't notice it before. Freaked the fuck out, man. Start, uh, just started running. Don't go into the woods. I remember just from that time forward, I think I, I think I went back. I just can't remember if I told the damn story on the podcast. Basically, I went deep into another part of the woods in another part of the city. I'm sorry if I already told this, but I got lost. I got lost at a mansion. Okay, that's some horror movie shit. You should assume you are going to be killed at that point. If you're lost in the woods and you find a mansion, sorry, it's over. I got pretty scared, you know, just started running back. Eventually, I scale my way down this drop-off because I was, I was thinking, that looks kind of familiar. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. It's the woods, you fucking idiot. Of course it all looks familiar. Hey, is... What is it? A path with leaves? Yeah. Yeah, you probably saw one like that. So I started walking down 
this this path that I thought was the right one. And of course, I came upon a Satan worshiping cult. Now, if you haven't seen that video and you're thinking, oh, dude, he's just trying to be entertaining. He's just trying to make this, you know, more exciting than it actually was. I'll send you the video. You know why? Because I'm a sick fuck and I knew I had to tell this story and that nobody would believe me if I didn't get the video. It's a nine second video and you can see how terrified I am. My hand is just shaking. And uh, I, I put, you know, I put away the phone, start running in the other direction. I decided first, I decided first, I was like, okay, I can either keep following this path and hope it doesn't lead to, to, I don't fucking know, a, a, a hidden city where they only eat adrenochrome and McDonald's. You could so easily do that, by the way. Just be some guy that shows up and gets a ton of McDonald's from different locations and brings it back to a cult. If so many people, you could so easily, if you just provided your cult with with shit that everybody gets, nobody would even notice you existed. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down. That was I don't know what kind of thought that was, but I looked up and I saw a destroyed shed in the middle of the woods which i had not i have not seen keep in mind i haven't seen anything since i was at the mansion and i look then i turn around and there's the cult thing right there so i have an option i can either keep walking past the cult worshiping shrine or i could walk up to this decaying cabin in the woods i went with the cabin turned out to be some guy's backyard thank fucking god all this shit worked out for me, but in the end of that, I just, I started getting obsessed. I started getting obsessed. I was like, you know what? I'm done. But why, why didn't I understand this? And I started looking into it. I started looking up people's different stories, uh, just, you know, on Reddit, on different camping forums, uh, all this, any, you know, everything you can imagine. And there's all these, just these terrifying stories of people i remember there's this one this guy and you know who knows if any of these are true you take everything i've said so far with a grain of salt uh just as far as if there was actually any nefarious activity going on there my point is with as much as i i have seen in the few times that i got in that i got into the woods a couple of times like there's just weird shit that happens back there and you have no reason to need to go back there and see it um Oh, the, yeah, there was this story. This is the story. We're going to get out of here in a second. About um, this guy and his girlfriend. They go camping in a national park. There's nobody around for miles. They hike for a day straight. This is one of the biggest, biggest parks in, in the United States. I can't remember which one. Just, like, just picture one of the biggest ones ever. And they're in the tent. They're just about to fall asleep. And they start to hear laughter. They start to hear laughter, like people start out, <laughs> and then eventually it rises to laughing hysterically, like they're hooting and hollering, just fucking, ah, ha, ha. and the guy says that he was so, so like paralyzed with fear, him and his girlfriend were so paralyzed in fear, they were just holding each other crying, trying not to make any noise, thinking that they were probably going to die. And you could say, you know what, that's a pretty story, pretty easy story to make up. But also, dude, people people can can find you. Like people can track you. Some guy 
that you don't see sees you and his buddy wants to walk down there. They want to mess with you, fuck around, start laughing outside of there. Honestly, that is really fucked up. I'm not even going to call that funny. That is pretty fucked. I would want, like, if somebody did that to me and I found out who it was, like, I knew for sure it was that person, I think I would have to beat the shit out of them, like, with a baseball bat. I think I would have to come to their home and break their legs in front of their children. Um, be, just because that would be traumatizing. But think about it. Anybody could do that. Anybody could follow you out there and fuck with you like that. And they could take it further. You know, they could light, they could light the fucking tent on fire. We all know that there's weird shit that goes on out there. People have taken it on. People have caught video of it. I don't know. I don't know who sets up a shrine like the one I found just for just for entertainment purposes. You know what I mean? Like I said, it was close to Halloween. Maybe they wanted to scare people. This was in the middle of the woods after I got lost, man. My point is stay out of the woods. My point is you want nature? Google it. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. Too many people now. Uh, we've had access to to all of the the horrific things we've had access to, and I'm not saying we shouldn't. You know, if it's out there and we're people, we should have access to it, right? But people are too fucked up now, man. Don't go out into the woods unless you're, you know, if you're with a team of seals. Sure, sure, go out into the woods. Um. That's really all I have to say about that. I, you know, I feel so awful for that family. If something like that ever happened to my family, my life would be over because I would just torture the person. I would find the person and I would torture them. Um, I would go, I would set up evidence that said, that said, that said I killed my family member. Then I would have, you know, I'd go to the court case. I would get caught. Like I would just, you know, everything. So that they would put all the suspicion on me. I would go into hiding find the person who actually did it and just and just what, what what was it they did in the walking dead when that guy killed that other dude's family and then he tortured him in a cage oh yeah he, he made him starve to death that's some crazy shit that's some crazy shit i didn't mean to end it on, on a dark note just just understand if you ever hurt one of my family members i'll just i'll find you and i'll torture you not a stable person wouldn't deal well with loss Everybody, um, on a serious note, um, you know, it, it, it seriously can happen. I don't care if you, you think your, your boyfriend is, is awesome. I don't care if you think your fucking brother is awesome. Don't go camping with people somewhere where, you, where no one will know where you are for tens of miles of, of radii, radius, right? whatever the plural is of that. Please, just think about that. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening to this comedy podcast. I hope you have a great week. Um, thank you for thank you for all the support, uh, especially with the detox thing. Yeah, it didn't work out, but it's nice to know that I uh, I have friends that will support me with, with just bullshit like that. Um, I love you guys. Have a good fucking night, man.